Good, the bad, and the dad. Uh, hi, I'm Daniel McCormick. I'm here with my friend and fellow dad, Larry Robinson. Hello. <laughs> We're here in the loft area of, of Larry's house. We've uh, tucked away our children downstairs. They're they're watching Meet the Robinsons aptly here at the Robinsons house. And uh, our wives are helping to uh, make this podcast come to you today. So, uh, Later in the episode, we're going to be talking about some of the things that Larry and I enjoy, and we look forward to sharing uh, with our children one day, things that we enjoyed growing up, but also things that might be sensitive, uh, might be a little bit challenging, depending on the age of our children, and also things that we might get blowback from uh, with our wives uh, if, if we uh, unleash it too early. Uh, but before we do that, uh, I thought that I could address a problem that we've had uh, as we were starting to uh, to do this podcast and, and submit it to um, all the different podcasting platforms, it came to our attention even more than it had before how many podcasts there are like this. Um, in fact, there seems to be another podcast with exactly the same name. It may be defunct. We're not entirely sure. But there is another good, the bad, and the dad out there. But this is a good one. <laughs> that's right. This is this is the live one. This is the one that's still coming, you know, uh, coming for you. But uh, two episodes deep. Two episodes <laughs> deep. Uh, so uh, one thing we might want to do is consider, if need be, what we could shift to. So, Larry, what what are some other dad related names that could describe this podcast if we have to ditch the good and the bad the dad? Mm, we're gonna stick with the dad part. I like dad ish. Dadish, yeah, because that kind of describes me. I just do dadish. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. It's descriptive, but then we'd have to lose that really cool intro clip that we've got. That sounds kind of like a spaghetti western. Says who? <laughs> this is dadish. That's part of the ish we do. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually very interesting when you do uh, a search in these podcasting apps. There's the good, the dad, and the ugly. There's the good, the bad, and the dad. Pod like fathers. Pod fathers. That was one we had kicked around for a long time. But like every permutation, every possible conceivable thing that you can think of related to being a dad and podcasting, someone has got to first. Or just a simple the dad that's taken also. The dad. Yeah. <laughs> but we've we've registered, you know, the social media. We've got an outlook.com account. I feel like we're pretty committed. So unless we get threatened with legal action by the other podcast of the same mm -hmm. name. I feel like we just accept that we're the good one and we're the living one. And we're not making money off this anyway. So this is for fun. Well, I, you know, you're not making money off of it right now, but. Oh, no. oh okay. Yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and we'll, we'll talk about the splitting of, you know, the, the all of the profits that are I, just I'm flooding. Sorry, I used the word we. <laughs> Wrong pronoun, apparently. No. So last week when we were leaving, uh, Larry had a great idea. Uh, he was thinking of a movie that he was enjoying. And in fact, he said that today would be a perfect day for it. Uh, it's one that I think he and I both grew up with and that we love, but also we'd be reluctant to introduce to our children at too early of an age. So what were you thinking about, Larry? Big Trouble Little China, one of my favorite movies. And it is raining today and it's finally cool. Summer has apparently left until I mean, a couple of days it's going to be 80 degrees again, but it's nice and cool outside. So it is perfect rainy day. Got the chili going. I want to watch Big Trouble in China. I agree. And I remember watching it as a child 
I remember watching in my old hometown of Mobile, Alabama. Yeah. So I knew it had to be about four or five years old when I saw that movie. <laughs> so I, my kids were like too. twice that age. I remember I watching it, it on, on like the local Fox affiliate. You know, it's probably somewhat edited for television, but not a whole lot. Right. Because I saw a whole lot of like low pan killing people with, you know, his like electric mm-hmm. magic rays or whatever he has. Um, kidnapping women. Kidnapping women looking <laughs> so for somebody with green eyes. Jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it's it's problematic in multiple ways. Uh, one of which Larry brings up, uh, it's it's got uh, some some racist territory that it enters into for sure. Well, um, in all honesty, anything we pick from the eighties is gonna <laughs> have that there. So yeah, yeah, it's it's got some very exaggerated caricatures of Asian culture and people. It also has uh, quite a lot of violence. Yeah, it's a pretty violent thing. Um, it's a lot of suggestive things. A lot of like I, I feel like in the eighties, um, the more grotesque you could be with your special effects, the better. Like I feel like that was uh, something to aim for. Um, I remember being exposed at way too early of an age to the nineteen eighties version of The Fly. Oh yeah, that was. Gross. Oh man, yeah, and and watching Jeff Goldblum like slowly transform you know i mean it's still kind of scarring to me to think about today um but big trouble in little china's got a little of that going on too there's a lot of like creepy looking things um there's the distinct possibility if we introduce this to our children too early nightmares well nightmares not going to bed and uh, that's not going to fall in our head. Kids Probably. might practice knife throwing. <laughs> <laughs> they might. <laughs> Don't act you didn't try at the CNN movie. <laughs> <laughs> they might uh, try to, to take over a big rig and... and uh, oh, Jack Burton. Following Jack's footsteps. Uh, so we're going to kind of kick through some of these things because the 80s was rife with stuff like this. We grew up in a time where it was like if you were making something that was aimed at kids, it was probably also kind of inappropriate for kids. And so we grew up loving those things, but how do we share what we love with our kids now, now that we kind of know better? Um, I don't know. I feel like companies get a pass because back, I mean, violence in the media back then was, that was it. I mean, between Thundercats, Transformers, (laughs) G.I. Joe, war on, that was a war on terrorism in itself. (laughs) Even though they were all bad shots, but (laughs) that's just how we grew up with violence in our media at all times. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't feel any different about it. I mean, I still love it. I would gladly show my kids throwing the cast and transformers to this day. Yeah. Have I you? Prime dying made me cry. Have you? <laughs> I try to, but you know how eighties cartoons kind of let the kids and they're kind of like, this is, uh, I don't like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. So. No, I mean, it, it's also something that we remember, you know, through our, our rose-colored glasses. You know, the experience was different for us as children because we didn't know any better. But also with our cartoons back then, there was usually a lesson to be learned. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of even G.I. Joe made oh, a point at the end to like, teach you something <laughs> yeah. at the end. Before. Like, you know, we just shot everybody and blew some stuff up. Yeah. Look both ways before crossing the street. Now you know. <laughs> I, I feel like you might have stumbled onto like a way out of the dilemma. So like we can take the G.I. Joe route. G.I. Joe almost never really had a moral to its story. You just had all of the the what's the evil guys like Cobra. Cobra, of course, right? They got Cobra Commander and all of his minions, and they're like doing something evil to take over the world. And you got all of G.I. Joe trying to, you know, push back against mm-hmm. that. But they, were, they weren't like moral tales. But at the end, you always had a moral to the story with some secondary character who came on and just like preached at you. Yeah. Maybe if we followed the same pattern, <laughs> maybe if we showed something to our kids, but at the end had a completely disconnected moral 
that we're going to share with them at the end of the show, like G.I. Joe used to do. And I mean, because can... even Care Bears was violent. Yeah. They didn't have guns, but they <laughs> shot stairs <laughs> they, they at people, and it hurt. They were like, ah, Care Bears, you know. <laughs> That's whenever you know it was getting ready to go down. It's like, all right, link on, it's time to Care Bear stare. Yeah. Shoot the villain. And I don't ever know what happened. They either became nice or they just went away or whatever, but it was still a form of violence. There's still them. projectile. Yeah. It's projectile rainbow. I never it's watched gonna... My Little Ponies. So I don't know what they did. So. Well, My Little Pony had kind of like some, some dark elements too. I mean, it was always kind of like a, in the borderland of like fantasy, mm-hmm. you know, and it had some, some things that could be a little scary. I mean, at least, you know, from my per- perspective. Um, so there, there's this kind of stuff. I mean, th- we're talking about the cartoons that we grew up with, the movies we grew up with. There's also, like, the books that, right. that we've grown up with. Uh, this is a little bit after our time, but um, my daughter has just started to read The Hunger Games. And so that is one of those things where, like, I feel, I feel mixed because I think The Hunger Games is a good piece of young adult writing. I think that you do learn good things from it. I yeah, think that you learn like, to, but, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean like, you know, there's, there's an overwhelming, you know, kind of evil empire mm-hmm. that doesn't care for the individual person. And you got Katniss who, you know, constantly shows bravery and friendship and self-sacrifice um, and, you know, and prevails over those things. And at the same time, you've got kids in, mortal danger constantly and you got characters without any morals without morals and you got ones getting offed you know pretty regularly uh so uh, what do you think about that like what what, what do we do i like to read and i i'm all for action in my books that's all i that's why i read the ones i do but i don't i know how sensitive my kids are and i know the youngest one could probably handle it, but my oldest one, she would, it would upset her because Charles Webb upset her. Yeah. And my wife showed her, what was that other movie with the dinosaurs? Uh, it's real old. Uh, Land Before Time? Yes. Yeah. And she cried in Land Before yeah. Time too. I was like, why are you showing <laughs> You talk about my violent cartoons, but your stuff makes her cry. <laughs> so, so maybe sometimes we focus so much on like the violence Mm -hmm. or something that could be considered adult. And we don't always uh, think about like the heartbreak factor (laughs) because land before time is not a violent film, but it's full of heartbreak. Right. Loses his mom, never finds his mom again. Yeah. 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 Almost every, you know, I mean, this is kind of a, a trope, you know, everybody knows, but like almost every Disney film is full of parental loss orphans you know people are just trying to make it in this world after they've had everything taken from them so there's a lot of heartbreak in that um this is one of the things that i think about too is that i don't remember where i read this statistic i don't know if it's true it feels true so i'm gonna say it you know i mean why not (laughs) but um i've heard that kids that grow up in like physical spaces where they're given so much like padding they they go to like you know the kind of playground where everything is like a smooth curved edge that the those kids who grow up in that kind of environment actually start to encounter uh, more problems uh, and um, are more susceptible to uh, like greater hurts you know like because they don't expect to be there yeah because (laughs) they've never encountered the blunt sharp edge and 
I wonder if there's not an analogy, you know, when it comes to stories, when it comes to film, when it comes to music, like you don't want your kids like on a razor's edge all the time. You don't want them like cut to smithereens by the heartache of whatever it is that they're watching. But at the same time, you don't want them to be in a world that's like, you know, the equivalent of the the bowling alley with the bumpers all the time. Right. That they've now never, I was going to get a try. <laughs> <laughs> that they've never learned to navigate things. So, I don't know. I mean, bringing all the people now with uh, using GPS instead of learning how to use a map, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because you've, like, never developed that skill. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know if Big Trouble in Little China... Um, is what it? they would get from <laughs> don't go down dark alleys with, with tall Asian dudes and green eyes and stuff. <laughs> it, it'll help you somehow, right? You right. Know, I, it'll help you to aspire to have you know great hair like '80s Kurt Russell. You know, um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think that's one thing that motivates me because there's that expression they use these days for like the apps that are always in like Apple's marketplace. They've mm-hmm. got like the the walled garden experience, you know, this like curated place where you just go and everything works, but it's also kind of like cut off from the wider, crazier world. I think like as a parent, sometimes you're tempted to give the walled garden experience, you know, like the Apple app store version Mm -hmm. of life. Keep them safe. Yeah. You don't even know what's over there. It's okay. Maybe (laughs) like maybe the Android store is a little more crazier. (laughs) Maybe sometimes we ought to introduce that. I gotta go to Android. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it under the bus. I can't. I have Android, I, but I've also been like I. I used to push Apple. I loved Apple. Yeah. But until they like, like you said, they walled it off to where you couldn't really do anything. Yeah. I kind of left. I like my freedom. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to be outside the walled garden. Okay. So your experience with software is, I think, ultimately like what ends up with kids who get the walled garden experience. They, they start to learn, learn how, that wall. They don't learn how to handle a problem when a problem comes up. No, and they want to bound over that wall. Right. Like if they've never learned to negotiate the big troubles in Little China's, you know, they're going to want to get to it. <laughs> they're going to want to find a way. Then when so, they finally get that experience a little too late, they might go a little too crazy with it, you know. That's right. So like as dads, we're in this weird spot of having to mediate that. Like figure how it is that you can kind of gently introduce things to your children, but also respect, I think, their dignity as little people, you know, who are growing and trying to navigate the world too, but not in a way that like shreds their little hearts and makes them too uncomfortable too right. quickly. <laughs> well, my wife always says I'm too lenient as far as like what I'm let the kids experience. And yeah. I'm like, well, I feel like you're too strict, but What's sometimes an I, you got to give a story behind that. <laughs> okay. I mean, simple is just really my video games. Cause yeah. I play a lot of run and gun and shoot. Yeah. Everything I have is violent. I got some tame stuff for the kids, but it is really just for the kids. Yeah. So we'll get into this argument every now and then. Cause I'll let my daughter watch me play overwatch or we'll watch the overwatch tournaments on TV. And yeah. Like she doesn't want her to play Splatoon on Nintendo because of the mimic mimicry of guns in it. Yeah. So even though it just shoots paint, it's still a gun. Yeah. So we always get into this argument and, and I'll point out stuff that she'll let slide, you know, like, have you ever watched cars too? Uh-huh. Like, you they literally crush cars in there. They they murder them. <laughs> yeah. They crush cars. They have guns. And yeah. I mean like <laughs> Mater had Gatlin guns on the side of him. So 
I was like, how does that get a pass? But, you know, yeah. they went away from that real quick, too, by the way. They went back to, like, just racing after cars, too. Yeah. But I just don't – it's it's always a double standard when it comes to stuff that you want your wife wants or whatever. So. Well, and, like, I, I depend all the time on common sense media. And, you know, okay, common sense media, just like that. you told me, about <laughs> it. I just free will it. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I mean, it's every other day for me because, you know, the, the you know, I'll have Beatrice or Damien or one of the kids come up to me and they'll say, Hey, can I have, can I watch this or can I listen to this? And I'll think, well, I have no experience of that. So I need to check with some other trusted third party sources trying to consider like what its value is. And common sense media has got a really interesting way of breaking it down where they'll have like the adult response the kids response and then they'll break it into subcategories where it's like is this full of consumerism is this full of violence or sexuality is this full of positive role models is it full of you know all so it's it's a balanced kind of thing it's not just the bad you could be looking for it's also the good and so in something like cars 2 mm-hmm. you know i mean like i think if if you were to break it down according to their standard there probably would be like a higher uptick of the violence but you might have also a higher uptick of like positive role models. So that that's where I feel like I try to figure the balance is like, am I keeping my kids from experiences that I enjoy and I have found meaningful that could show them something good, you know, like uh, good behaviors or like heroism, or, you know, courage, um, because I, I, I fear sort of like the superficial level, you know, quote unquote problems, the, you know, the explosions or the the Gatlin guns that are fixed on to Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, that stuff doesn't bother me. I'm like, my, because yeah. I would like to show my kids about firearms. That way, when you see one, you yeah. know, well, one, don't touch it, you yeah. know, or if you, for some reason, you, I don't know, have to touch it, you know how to handle it, you know how to disarm it, you know, break yeah. it down, whatever. Other than that, I'm like, just step away from it. Even if you're not sure if it's real or fake, just step away from it. No, I agree. Well, and, and I mean, <clears throat> Actually, Especially I, in this day and age, I think kids really just—they need to know. Yeah, what the hell is going on now? Oh, absolutely. I Especially mean, I think that's take a firearm purchases. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. The I more mean, people talk about banning everything, the more sales go up. So you're gonna find them in a home. You know? Yes, yes. And 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 you need to have some preparation there. And I mean, we could have a whole episode about I think the anxiety you feel as a parent with the knowledge that there's all kinds of crazy weaponry that's out there. And that like when you send your kids into unfamiliar spaces, especially like personal spaces, mm-hmm. there is that possibility. There's the one person who doesn't use like a gun locker right. or isn't thinking about children. Uh, and then, you, you know, you kind of get like locked into your own sort of um, politeness trap where you're like, I don't know if I should say, say something. Yeah. But you really do like need to say so for another day. All right. <laughs> That's, a good That's another podcast. That's another podcast. We just mark but, that one down notes. But I do think like what you said about. You know, I mean, my wife feels the same. We, we've even had this happening today. I mean, my, my son Damien had a few dollars to blow today. And we went to Walmart to pick up a few things that we wanted. He went through the toy section. And he loves the Nerf guns. Loves them. Well, my my wife has always been very particular not to buy things mm-hmm. that are shaped after a gun. She doesn't like like the symbolic value of it, that you're going to aim something that looks like a gun at another person. You know, somebody My wife you doesn't love. like the kids like making the fingers. Yes. <laughs> and that's what our kids have done is, you know, you, they make the fingers or they take Legos and they build it into right. a little, you know, 
gun. Some stuff you just have to hit head on. You can try and tell them like no, 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 but apparently it is still within them to want to try and do this. Yeah. Now who playing cops and robbers for how many years and whatever? So it's, yeah. it's there. Yeah. And somebody's gonna play it at school. So it's just it's just one of those things you have to face head on, I think, and talk to them about. There's ways in which we want to nerf the world. You know, like we want to take its edges, we want to soften it, we want to make it not hard for our kids. And that's good. I think it's it's a good thing to do, but it's also a limited good. It's not good always and forever. And it's not good for every person. Mm-hmm. Like you were starting to say, like, um, for your daughters, there might be different things for each of them that they they would like or, you know, feel more or less sensitive to. So I think maybe that's the hard thing about being a dad is just figuring how to apply general rules to the specific situation of your one child that's in front of you, you know, and to not lose sight of that. So I know which one I wouldn't give a gun. <laughs> <laughs> you, you care to say? <laughs> I just, I just know who I would. <laughs> that's funny. Is there anything that you are looking forward to sharing with your children? Some piece of media, some books, some music, something that like you're just dying to give to them, but you feel like you do have to nerf the world a little bit right now and you can't give it to them yet? I got one that I'm actually listening to right now. It's called The Land of Stories by Chris Coffler, the guy from Glee. Uh So it kind of touches on what we were talking about as far as how the lessons learned from old stories, or whatever. So it's basically around the old fairy tales like Cinderella, Red Riding Hood, and all this stuff. Yeah. So they're actually discussing like the the real stories in it, but these kids get pulled into a book and they're having to. Uh, the fairy tales have been so watered down that you are not getting the meaning out of it, the moral values of what you should be learning from it. Yeah. Which is basically what a lot of cartoons have done. Cartoons. Mm, to me have gotten so stupid is like, what are you getting out of this? Yeah. Well, what are you actually learning? Anything? I mean, don't get me wrong, y'all. I know Transformers wasn't I'm not prepared for the great robot wars coming <laughs> from Cybertron. But I can honestly say I've I, I learned something from my old cartoons. Yeah. Well, I, I remember, I mean, having like transformative experiences in my I mean, especially like in my early adolescence with certain pieces of like pop culture. I remember playing, I mean, these days they call it Final Fantasy VI, mm-hmm. but in those days it was called Final Fantasy III on Super Nintendo. And that was kind of like a dark story. It was a story of like a band of adventurers who uh, were trying to fight an evil empire and the evil empire wins. They destroy oh. the world. <laughs> the, the world is broken and like they don't give up. Like well, that's even, like how Star Wars, like you, you know, Luke Skywalker won, the Empire was so called defeated. Then the new ones come out. It's like the Empire's still around. It kind of changed, like, but they're still there. Yeah. So it's like you got to, you know, your kids have to get in grant, kind of get that. Like you don't necessarily defeat evil. You have just like kind of pushed off this moment. Yeah. And something else will come along. Yeah. You, know? you got to be persevering, right? Yeah. And that, like, even even if you do encounter, you know, what seems like an overwhelming trial or defeat, that you don't give up. Like, if what you're pursuing is worth pursuing, you keep after it. Right. That's the whole point of the hero in the story. You know, he just yeah. doesn't do this one thing like, hey, I'm out. I won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and what you were saying about, like, with the, the fairy tales. I mean, fairy tales have got really high stakes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we take it as being, like, uh, kind of inappropriate because kids are always put in mortal peril. 
Like they're always about to be baked into a pie or eaten by a witch or burned up or, you know, something terrible is going to happen. But when the stakes are so high, I think if the story is well told, it doesn't matter what age you are. Right. You're more interested Things because like Harry there's Potter's. <laughs> yeah, like Harry Potter. Right. And um, yeah, I, th I think kids are just as responsive to that as, as adults are. But I do recommend the land of stories. It, I'm enjoying it. I'm on okay. like book two right now. So my daughter's listening to a uh, book one. You know, I recommended this to her like last year. She didn't <laughs> try to take an interest in it. But. Well, that might be a, a fun place to um, to pause our conversation today. Is to think like we presume that the things we want to share with our children would be received and would have the impact that we'd want it to. But it's just mm -hmm. as likely that they're going to go. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't is, fine. It's okay. I got my own thing. <laughs> not even a teenager yet. <laughs> not even a teenager. So, um, yeah. So we've we've got a chance to work through some of these things. Uh, you know, if there's something that you guys are thinking about too, so it was something we invited on social media, but we're still getting this this up and going. So uh, it's still an open invitation. Anybody would want to. If there are pieces of, of media, if there's a book or uh, a movie, if there's uh, music that you'd like to share with your kids, but you're wondering how it's going to be received, if it's the right time, if your spouse is going to bludgeon you after doing it, uh, tell us tell us what those things might be. Um, I have shared Queen. Queen gets a pass. Queen gets a pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Queen, is, Queen is always good. They get a pass. Bohemian Rhapsody wins every time yeah <laughs> all right so we'll be coming back uh to you probably in another two weeks uh give us time to think of a next episode and maybe if we have to uh come up with a new title if we're going to uh, be on the other side of any litigation from our our podcasting brothers from across the world uh but thank you for listening sign off Thank mm -hmm. you.